Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. What's going on, citizens? Flobo Voice here, and happy new year, as would be. First episode we have scheduled for 2024. In fact, we're scheduled to come back a week later, but there's a reason why we have a new episode drop this week. But first things first, thank you so much for checking out this podcast and all the other podcasts out there, uh, making this show part of your podcasting diet, especially. Uh, thank you for sharing the show, telling your friends about it. It means the world to me. NewAmsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com to learn more about the show and the brand. And this episode and all the other episodes are brought to you part by SeatGeek. I use SeatGeek and I'm trying to find some good deals on shows all around town. We're talking about football games, basketball games, concerts, monster truck rallies. They still have those. <laughs> it's true. And you get yourself a piece of the action by using promo code FLOBITO. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O for $20 off your first order. SeatGeek is where I go for the tickets and they are just so good at what they do over there on SeatGeek. So all the props in the world. As I record this, I'm actually getting gearing up to head over to New York State, Cooperstown, uh, to go to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Everyone knows I'm a big baseball fan, and now over the past 12 months, you've seen my exploits over on the social media side. And if you haven't, make sure you follow me personally, at FloBitel, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-L as well. And... Well, the reason why I'm going is that in a small world twist of fate, my college professors, H. James Gilmore or Jim, and Dr. Tracy Halcom, or Dr. Halcom, <laughs> I've never known her as anything else but that, have released a featured documentary. It's called Fielding Dreams, A Celebration of Baseball Scouts. And they're going to be having their debut over in Cooperstown. It's a once-a-lifetime opportunity. They invited me to be the MC just to get everyone excited for the documentary. It means the world to me to be able to do it. And so I asked them for the opportunity to be on the show, New Am Sam Radio, to talk about the the release of the documentary, what went into the work of the documentary, why they wanted to spotlight baseball scouts, and what that means. Uh, for future generations of baseball players. You know, I felt like 10, 15 years ago, there was a big crisis about whether or not baseball is dying. I hope my little small contributions can help put that conversation itself at bay uh, with the content I'm creating, but definitely linking up with people who are just so good at what they do. In this case, the filmmakers of Acadia Pictures, uh, Mr. Gilmore and Dr. Halcom, uh, to see what they can do for the culture as well. Fielding Dream, the celebration of baseball scouts, uh, is going to be releasing in Cooperstown. I'm heading out there now, so I had to have an opportunity to sit and chat with them. Just reminiscing old times. I mean, it was kind of nerve-wracking at first. I mean, I don't get starstruck, but these are people that had my collegiate education in their hands when I took their classes about 
10 plus years ago. So I hope you enjoy this one. It's academia, it's baseball, it's me fanboying over my old college professors <laughs> and more. Uh, thank you so much for checking out new Amsterdam Radio. New episodes are coming back uh, as we roll it the, the dead of winter. Uh, so again, appreciate your continued support. But enough of my rambling and jambling. It's now time for my chat with H. James Gilmore and Dr. Tracy Halcom, the creators behind Fielding Dreams, a celebration of baseball scouts. Welcome back to another edition of New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, Flobo Boys, in the mayor's office, hanging with two people I looked up to for many, many years, but they haven't aged a day. If you guys have been following the podcast, you'll know the baseball thematic them fanatic let's go Mets even though every year they find new ways to disappoint me but I love baseball nonetheless and well my guests today are behind a brand new documentary Fielding Dreams a celebration of baseball scouts which is really an angle of the game that isn't really covered all that often please welcome to my Canadian pictures Jim Gilmore and Dr. Tracy Halcom how's it going everyone it's going great thank you for having us Yes, oh, welcome, welcome. It, it is a pleasure because we do have a connection. We were in the, in the Flagler family. We still are in the Flagler family, but it's really been about almost 20 years in the making. And to see us cross paths again, it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, for us too. It, we're, we're just happy to see that you're doing something with your life. <laughs> yeah, take that, Dad. <laughs> he wanted me to be a civil engineer. Can't do that at liberal arts college. Uh, so <laughs> let's get into the nitty gritty. Fielding dreams a celebration of baseball scouts. Actually, Jim, I was listening to your interview on the hot stove and how it all came about. But can you just give us the, the Reader's Digest version one more time. Sure. So I have a cousin who is a regional cross checker for the Texas Rangers. Right. And so his parents lived just a couple houses down from me in Michigan. And so in the summertime, we'd be out on the porch or out on the deck, you know, having a cocktail, watching the sunset. And Brian Williams would always come over and start telling us stories about his life as a scout. And there were good stories, you know, fun stuff, interesting stuff, things I, I didn't have a clue about. And I kept saying, you know, you're going to keep doing this, then I'm going to pick up a camera and I'm going to have to start turning this into something. And we were coming off of, uh, Tracy and I had just done a documentary on the women of professional poker. So we were kind of looking for another project, right? Because as college professors, we have to earn our way and we do that through publication. And if you're into film or media production, you do that through what's known as creative publication. So basically we make movies. So our next movie we had to figure out. And I'm like, Tracy, I got this cousin, happens to be a baseball scout. And when I approached him on it, he's like, sure, come on down and, and I'll connect you with all these other scouts. And so one thing led to another. And that was sort of the beginning of our movie when we started filming in the summer of 2019. Uh, well, Dr. Halcom, you are listed as a producing partner for this one. Explain to me the original call where you're like, oh, heck yeah, we're doing this. Or baseball scouts, do we have to make this fun? Like what was the first thing going through your mind when the idea was presented across your desk? Well, actually, Jim usually has really good ideas. And one of my favorite things about Jim's ideas is as a producer, usually our subject helped produce the film. So they make my life so much easier. And, and in this case, exactly, we had his cousin, Brian, who evidently knows everyone in baseball. Right. And, and he was able to really open a lot of doors for us. 
and make my life as a producer really easy. I mean, I, I'm a lifelong baseball fan. Uh, my brother played, um, you know, college ball. He was uh, went to a lot of tryout camps uh, for the Cincinnati Reds and an area of baseball teams. Um, so I thought I knew a lot about baseball. And, and I think that's that's the hook for this documentary is avid fans think they know all about the scouting. And you, and you really do think, you know, like, oh, oh, I get it. I, I know, I know where they go. You have no clue. The average baseball fan does not, does not have the, the, the depth of knowledge that Jim and I have acquired over the last four and a half years um, working on this documentary. So I would say even the, just the casual baseball fan can learn something and be entertained. And what I really think they'll like about this is, uh, just the fact that these guys are, they're, they're so passionate about what they do, but they're also incredibly thankful, grateful for the wonderful families they have that allow them to do this job. And I think that comes through so clearly. So even if you're just a casual baseball fan, you, the humanity, just the, the, the gratitude uh, that these um, almost all men. We've got one woman. Um, I, I think that's really that's really what's what's I think surprise I think was surprising for me. Uh, but I think that's what'll grip just the average documentary filmmaker uh, film person. You know, if you like movies, I think you'll just like this. It's it's got a real human spirit to it. You, know, you talk about average fans, and I guess I was in that camp, right? Because, you know, a lot of times you, we go to the barbershop or we, we call sports radios like, how come our guys won't get new guys? You know, how come our, our guys can't get the next thing? And, of course, it has to be tons of nuance. We're talking about age of players, talking about location of players. I guess we talk about what the average fan does not know. I'm going to ask you this one, Jim. What's the one of the things we get wrong as fans? What do we think or assume these scouts can do when actually they do a lot more or something different? Well, I, I mean, I think we assume scouts, you know, they kind of go out there, they, they, they take a look, they sort of report back, and it's it's all over. And I think what we get wrong is the length of time of the, these relationships that these scouts make with players like this, these relationships start like freshman and sophomore year in high school, if not earlier. And they continue as they, you know, they get to chat with them. They chat with their coaches. They chat with their uh, teammates. They chat with the opposing players. They get to know grandma. They get to know the aunts and uncles that influence them. You know, and they watch and what they really are interested in, you know, because I'm like, oh, you want they want to see them win. They actually want to see them lose because they want to see how do they react to loss? How do they accept defeat? Are they somebody that can brush it off and get back up the next day and be OK about it? Or is this all going to get into their psyche and just kind of shut them down? And so there's all these little nuances of things and just the amount of time they commit to these young men when the odds are they're not going to sign them, right? Mm. They're such a small group that they're going to sign, but they have to follow them for years and years and years just to find those kernels that just really stick out and shine. And I was totally shocked by that. I've never been anybody that was good at like baseball statistics. My brother, he can tell you like the name of every player and all the statistics and everything. 
me, I was just raised to go with mom to Wrigley Field and watch Cubs games and have a good time, right? <laughs> so I knew my team and I, you know, I knew the plays and, and I could try to do the scorecard if I really, really worked at it. But I never got into like the minutia of it. But whenever you make a film like this, you become a kind of an expert. And I always say that to everybody, if you take on the directing or the producing of a documentary, it's almost like you're getting a master's degree in the subject. So I feel like Tracy and I kind of now have a master's degree in scouting. And these are the nicest people. Like there's some real jerks out there, I think, as players. <laughs> yeah. owners, I think pay probably as executives. But these scouts are so down to the earth. They invited me to any dinner they went to, any lunch they went to, sit down and have a drink with them, uh, put us up in hotel rooms with their frequent flyer miles because they knew we didn't have any money. I mean, they just couldn't have been any nicer to us uh, if they tried. And so we're so appreciative to them giving of their time and their resources to help the two of us get to know their stories. You know, I was actually going to ask a, a, a different question, but you said something about the relationship of statistics and whether you like it or not, sabermetrics has gone mainstream, brother. Uh, I, I want to read this quote from the website of the information about uh, your film, and it says uh, the, the, the baseball, quote, is a profession now under threat from biometrics uh, <laughs> analytics and the big business that rules the game. And well, my professional question is, explain yourself, sir. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Well, right. So everybody's seen Moneyball. I saw Moneyball. It was a good movie. Um, and so there's sort of this sense that a lot of this you can just figure out through data analysis, right? Like if I track your data long enough, Flobo, I will be able to understand the kind of ball player you would be and whether or not you would be a good fit for the particular things that I need for my team, which is all very well and good, but it misses this whole makeup device, it misses the whole soul of the player. And what these baseball scouts are out doing is they're recruiting people that can be the face of the game. They're recruiting people who have just sort of the personality, the soul, the spirit beyond just all of these kind of mechanical things. And you look at what the Texas Rangers did this year, the Rangers are one of those teams that relies much more heavily on scouting than on analytics. And so you get a team, my opinion, like the New York Yankees, which I will try not to swear about too much. <laughs> Go ahead, Cubs, it's fine. <laughs> your Cubs fan, well, the Yankees, right? So, you know, but, but they always seem to produce a very good team, but a lot of the scouts would argue they, they're not reaching the greatness because they're relying too much on analytics and they don't have enough scouts out there really kind of searching for the soul of the game, which is what sort of separates you from, from good to like winning a championship. Sure. I mean, I have to I have to go with that one as well. But yeah, please, all Yankee slander is totally fine here because I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. This is a safe space uh, for any uh, anti-Yankee rhetoric. Uh, Dr. Halp, I have to ask you this one because you guys were on the road for years. Uh, we are pretty much uh, post-COVID, still in COVID. I'm not really sure what you call this period, 2023, uh, making this film happen. But what's been your take about doing this over a long stretch of time? Because between COVID and now, there was this big talk 
talk about baseball being drying up and not for youth, but the new rules were implemented and now there's a higher, more eyeballs on the game and more tickets being sold. Are we looking for an upswing in the sport or are, are the, the information or the, um, the conversations you come across saying the opposite? Well, I think the scouts are looking forward to the, a lot of the changes, seeing just what happened with them this year. Um, and I think most of the changes about, you know, the pitch clock and, and those kind of things, um, I think have been very positive for the game. They're shorter, there's more people watching, but I think there was a big concern, you know, when, when things shut down March of 2020, who's going to come back when we do start playing again, you know, we'll be out on the diamonds. Will this, will the fans be in the stands? And, and so I think a lot of the changes are, are definitely, you know, I, I think positive. I think more changes would be good um, as far as, you know, speeding up the game a little bit. Now, again, we've got a, a couple old school scouts that think that's just blasphemy to touch anything in the game. And then uh, quite a few of them who think, sure, if it's going to, if it's going to bring more fans and younger fans to the game, then let's go. Let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. Um, COVID for us changed the arc of our story. Uh, when, when we started in, you know, like Jim said, in July of 2019, we figured we'll be done shooting interviews by December. We'll be all good. And, and we'll, we'll start the editing process. And then as, as again, a very good thing happened when we interview a scout, uh, again, they introduce us, you got to talk to these two scouts. And then we go talk to those two scouts. And then, hey, I know three other scouts you really need to talk with. You need to talk to this sports writer who used to be a scout. You used to talk, talk to this scout who used to be a sports writer. And it, would just, it just kind of ballooned. Um, and then we were still doing interviews when COVID did you know, hit us in March of 2020. And then everything just went away. We had nobody to interview because nobody was scouting. And, and so we, it was interesting to see how, how they handled the draft in a, a COVID year. We have footage of that. Yeah. Um, and we have, uh, again, some interesting interviews with scouts. While, again, you can see, you'll see no masks, masks, and then no masks again. So we, we kind of have our little COVID arc there um, right. where, where we're allowed to be outside, but we still have to be masked. We can't be too close to anybody. Um, so COVID really did change our story a little bit, and it changed some scouts' lives forever because some scouts got furloughed during COVID and they never got their jobs back. Oh, and wow. we, we cover that also. Uh, and there, there's also a lawsuit uh, that some older scouts are suing the Major League Baseball for age discrimination. And we mentioned that in the documentary, too. Well, that's definitely uh, my next question. But before I get to that, uh, it's, it's interesting you say COVID because I was at Flagler College working an event with you, Dr. Holcomb, the day we, the world shut down. I was I was at, well, formerly, I think it was called Potbelly then? Or, or no, it, it was uh, Corazon, Corazon, Corazon Cinema the time. Cafe. At we, the were, time, yeah. we were the last official Flagler event before we went dark that year. And I got crap for continuing to do that because we were supposed to cut things off at six and our event went a little later. Yeah. But, um, but that was, no, that was a wonderful comedy showcase and we, uh, a little workshop. We've got to do that again for Conway. 
Absolutely. I tell people for years, I, I taught kids comedy one time and the whole world shut down. Uh, but, <laughs> but, and it's funny because it was scary. It was, uh, it was a mad dash to get back yeah. home uh, to make, cause you didn't know what COVID was at the time. It sounds weird now, but is it in the air? Is it on our clothes? Is it in our groceries? We had no idea. Uh, yeah. So my, my next question for you, Dr. Halcom, is this. Representation. You mentioned you spoke with one female scout, but here uh, I like to talk about the game in mass, but I'm also a contributor to a podcast called The Black Baseball Mixtape, we ask questions about representation in inner cities and, and other cultures as well. I know these scouts have to travel, uh, probably Venezuela, Dominican Republic, or hotbeds, but what's been your take on the change, if there is any, when it comes to representation of new prospects? Well, I think, I think all the scouts we talked with were very aware of, especially the decline of uh, the Black uh, athletes, the Black baseball players. Uh, we, we talked with Luke Collier, uh, who was, uh, he's an all-star for the Pittsburgh Pirates for years. Um, and he actually, when he retired from baseball, he started a foundation that gives inner city youth uh, opportunities they wouldn't, they wouldn't have through the traditional means. I mean, baseball can be a very expensive sport to go to these tryout camps and to travel. And, and you know, these these gentlemen have fabulous talents and nobody sees them. And so how do you get them in front of the people that can help make decisions? And, and we have, we have some good statistics cited how, uh, again, just within maybe the last 20 years that the percentage of baseball, of black, uh, baseball players was something near, I think 18%. And now they're down around 7%. So there's a, there's a real need to uh, again to invite the black athletes back to the back to the the table. I mean, we've got to get we've got to give these uh, athletes the same opportunity that uh, affluent white kids have. And right. so there is uh, there there is believe me, there's a number of foundations that understand that there is a great need if they want to grow the sport. If they, they've got to bring in those, they've got to bring in the black audience. I mean, that's a huge demographic that they're just basically giving away. We have, uh, again, we traveled to, to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and we talked to some international scouts, um, and they seem to be well represented. And they have academies in Southern Florida that, you know, a lot of the teams have academies there to, to help groom those players and to get them ready for even minor league ball. Those same academies are just now springing up in some of our, uh, again, uh, heavily black populated cities. And, and it's, it's I, I hope it's not too late, um, uh, but I know there is a movement afoot and Jim can probably add to what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know, there's some resentment there, right? This notion of building all of these academies in in the Dominican Republic and the like. And you'll hear Lou Collier saying in our film, you know, why wasn't that happening in the inner cities of this country? Why wasn't Major League Baseball putting its resources into its own, if you will? And one of the first events I, I tagged along with Brian to was kind of an open tryout event at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and it was designed for inner city kids. And so they had all of these scouts come there and they had the inner city kids there and Lou Collier was there uh, at that time as well. And it was, was really kind of interesting to watch. But I think people don't realize the degree to which 
the scouts are actively trying to figure this problem out. Like, how do we get more interest in the inner city? And they know what they're up against, right? Because baseball, you've got to get through a whole minor league system to make it. And a minor league player is not making the kind of money, mostly, that is going to happen for all the other sports. You go into basketball, you go into football, you get drafted, you're in the money pretty much right away. Baseball, there's this whole long pay your due process. And if you're dealing with young people where money has to be a factor because of the, the situation that they're coming from, you know, how do you reconcile that with competing with some of the other sports? And how do you bring baseball back into the streets of the inner city to be as cool as basketball is perceived now, as football is perceived now? And soccer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, not to make that the, the subject of the podcast, but there is a financial component in there. Uh, for me, as a kid, as a '90s kid, and you know, I grew up with Frank Thomas, uh, Southside Chicago. Uh, he was, even though I was a Mets fan, I was definitely the guy I wanted to be. But I felt like after the steroid scandal in baseball and right. uh, the strike, there was a bit of an, a, a cultural overcorrection to go back to tradition, which worked for baseball. At the same time, basketball had the and one mixtape tour. Madden, the video game, was on football. Like, it was cool to talk about those things and not about playing the game the right way. Uh, where I think we're, you're, you're feeling that now, and hopefully it's a course correction. But I will not belabor the point because you can go on all the well, time. But it's an important that. point. Like if you, had, <laughs> you had a son that you wanted to be in the game of baseball, right? You would have to spend a whole heck of a lot of money. So when we went during that COVID year, when, when the perfect game uh, wooden bat tournament moved itself over towards Fort Myers, um, and we went to watch and we're looking at the amount of money that is being spent by these teams. How's an inner city kid ever going to afford this? So Luke Collier was actively trying. And the other things we learned that I had no idea about were that the scouts themselves were putting together what are known as, as scout teams specifically for kids that can't afford all of this kind of craziness that it takes to break into baseball. And so it's, you know, it's maybe it's not as much resources as I know the scouts would like, but they're looking for real creative ways to try to address the issue. They're very aware of it. You must really love your job to have a scout team put together because those those could be very much a pain in the foot, you know, um, as it is. But but shifting gears a bit, uh, I got one word for you, Dr. Halcom. Blevins! I was on the social media. I saw the picture. Blevins, Jerry Blevins, a former Met, is going to be on, or not going to be, is uh, the voiceover artist for this one. Tell me about that. Yeah, Jerry Blevins. Um, he he was just so gracious. I mean, he said yes almost immediately. Uh, he wanted to know a little bit about our project. Um, and the more he learned about it, he was just like, he was in. He was in immediately. And if you uh, you get a chance to chat with him or talk with him at all, he's such a nice guy. I mean, he is, if baseball could just put him and circulate him around, they would have no image problem at all. He is just, he's so genuine. He's so down to earth. He's, he's uh, just a really nice guy. And he said, this is a wonderful opportunity uh, for him to give back. He's like, I want to give back to the scouts. He's like, they gave me a fabulous life, right? They gave me all of this opportunity. And he said, and and I agree, they're unsung heroes. You know, nobody know. everybody thinks they know what they do. Nobody really knows the hours these guys put in. And, and so he was just this, 
he's just so nice. He's funny. He's just very personable. And I'm really hoping, I think he's, I think he's got his, I think he's coming to the hall of fame for the, the sneak peek, Jim. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure he and his wife are, are going to come. Um, but Jerry Blevins, I cannot say I, I'm a big, I'm a big Jerry Blevins fan. Uh, he is just, uh, he's a, a, really a sweetie. And uh, he was nice enough to work cheap. So that was even better. <laughs> that is uh, the universal love right there. Good guy, but works cheap. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jim, what was uh, the sessions like when, when having the script read? Was it in one or a couple sessions? Was it a weekend? Was it a back and forth? Was it a collaboration? What was that like working with the voiceover artists who did play the game? Well, so the way we had to structure this together, right? We just had so many hours of footage. I can't even tell you the exact number, but you know, all of these interviews that we did, all of this B-roll that we had. And so at the end of the day, we didn't go into this with a script. And so like with most documentaries, at the end of the day, we had to sort of stop and say, okay, now what do we have? So we, I would sit there and kind of cut these sequences together. I'd send them to Tracy and I'd say, you know, does this make sense? Does this make sense? Do we keep, should we keep this or should we go more on this or more on this or this? You know, is this this guy say it better? Or does this guy say it better? Or does she or does Christy, our, our female scout, say it better? And oftentimes she did because she's a hoot. Uh, <laughs> love her. So it was, you know, it was a real challenge to kind of figure out. And then I would kind of go through and we'd say, how do, how do we link these parts together? Because we knew pretty much right off the bat this was going to require a script. Our documentary on the women of professional poker, there's no official narrator. The women tell their own story. But in this case, we knew we needed one. And so, uh, you know, I started uh, writing it out. Uh, my daughter, Grace, uh, got involved in helping to oh, write wow. it out. Yep. And so, um, you know, and then we sent it off to, to Jerry for some feedback. An interesting thing about Jerry, Jerry is the very first player that my cousin Brian ever signed as a scout when he worked for the Chicago Cubs organization. Wow. And so they have kept the relationship. And so, again, when Tracy talked about how, you know, essentially they helped produce this film with us, yeah. you know, Brian's like, I know who can narrate this for you. Right. And we're like, you, yeah, this sounds amazing. So one thing led to another and, and very serendipity. So so technical, was it uh, was it virtual sessions? Were you working premiere? Like how did the actual technical aspect? No, I, I, uh, I went to Ohio. That's where Jerry lives. So I flew up to Ohio and recorded him in his uh, his basement office, which was pretty good acoustically. <laughs> basement office acoustics. Right there, a bathroom acoustics. It's almost, <laughs> yeah. it's almost undefeated. But let's let's talk about the date. Uh, January eighteenth, is it two thousand twenty four? Cooperstown. Doctor yeah. Halcom, walk me through this. The premiere of this film. Uh, how's it feeling? What's going through your mind? What's going through your body and soul right now? I'm excited. I'm excited to see have somebody else see this film. Jim's watched it 2,052 <laughs> times. I've, I've watched it probably 152 times. Uh, it's just, oh, please let someone else see this uh, and, and give us some feedback. It's good to see it in front of an audience uh, and, and see, you know, how they react. It's, it's just wonderful. I mean, you as a performer know you can practice all you want until you go out in front of the people and see, oh, I, I, that didn't work or did this work. doesn't work. It's, it's really interesting to see a finished film because even the parts that don't work, Jim and I aren't fixing. It's done. It's over. It's, it's finished, but I'm, I'm thrilled to have it in front of an audience. 
Uh, and to have it premiere in the, I mean, just the, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the Mecca of baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown is just kind of a dream. Jim and I floated when we first started, like, wouldn't this be cool if we could play it once at the, you know, the Hall of Fame? Wouldn't that be so cool? And and we were able to to manipulate a maneuver and and get it in there. I mean, it's in January, but we'll be able to that, that's when all the scouts can come because yeah. they'll be really busy. Um, so uh, we're we're drawing a pretty decent crowd, but uh, but there's always room for one more flow book. Oh, I, I already have my ticket. It's, it's oh, already okay. it's already uh, in the email ready to go. Jim, same question. The hollowed grounds of baseball. Your films have you. Yeah, it's uh, well, I think maybe this will be the first time I ever really impressed my brother, the baseball fan, because he's <laughs> like, your, your film is going to show where? And I'm like, yeah, Cooperstown Hall of Fame right there at their uh, theater. And they have a beautiful theater. But here's the other thing, right? Who are the one people in baseball that aren't represented in the Hall of Fame? Baseball scouts. You oh, go yeah. in there, managers are in there. Uh, executives are in there. Reporters are in there. Players are in there, scouts aren't in there, right? And so they'll say, like, you know, Pat Gillick, who we interview and becomes this famous general manager of Toronto and Baltimore and Seattle and Philadelphia and even has some ownership in Philadelphia with the Phillies currently. Uh, he started out in scouting and then worked his way up. But you don't get in there by just being a great scout. And so in some small way, I feel like Tracy and I are giving back to all these scouts that have helped us by saying, here's the film in the Hall of Fame. And we would like, if there's any scouts out there listening to this, if you want to come to Cooperstown and you want to be part of this event, we would love to have you. Uh, you're get, get in the door for free. Uh, we're going to meet at a great Irish pub afterwards. It's going to be a wonderful uh, screening and a nice uh, informal friendly event, hopefully with a whole bunch of scouts there. And hopefully, Kerry Blood was a show up. I mean, he's going to come after the after party. Oh, he should. Yeah, he will. <laughs> uh, Jim, if I want to ask, if I want to get my own tickets, how do I go about doing that right now? As this is going to be released, we're about within seven days of release. So I'll be checking. So what you need to do is go to facebook.com backslash baseball scouts, plural with an S at the end. Facebook.com baseball scouts, and you can message me or Tracy through that site, and I can get you the link to the Eventbrite site. Our only restriction is the theater holds about 200. We can't go over that number, but we would love to see that theater packed for the scouts that are there to show them some love, to show them support, and, uh, and really to give them some praise for everything they do for the game of baseball. Uh, Dr. Halcom, say with you, again, you're going to be there. Should I show up in my Mr. Met costume? I mean, how can I celebrate the release of this film at Cooperstown? Well, I think Jerry would like that. He'd love it. <laughs> you, we'll, we'll definitely hook you up. You can definitely meet Jerry. He's a he's a nice guy. And uh, and yeah, I, I'm just I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled to, to be able to screen it anywhere, but definitely at Cooperstown. I mean, the Hall of Fame is you know, like Jim said, hallowed ground. I mean, that's the, that's the, the baseball uh, Mecca. That's what I call it. Uh, and, and it's, it's really cool to be able to, to uh, wander through the halls and then go into their brand new theater. It's just gorgeous. Um, and then, uh, 
sit down and watch your watch your film on the big screen uh, in front of some of the players and some of the because we have some players coming um, as well as the scouts that are part of it and just to watch their reaction it'll be really that'll be very special. Well, final question here. I got to put everyone on the spot because I love doing that and being an agent of chaos. Cracking Aces about women in poker 2018, Fielding Dreams 2024. Is there something else already on the horizon for Katie Pictures? Well, there's a, there's a couple of different things. Tracy and I are working as part of our jobs at Flagler College on telling the story of Fort Mose, which is the first black settlement essentially in North America, the first free black settlement, right? Obviously, because there's other black settlements, not so free. Um, and so we're working on telling that story. And as a component of that, we've also been looking at, because that's designed to be a docudrama that we would do with the students. We're looking at a, a sort of supplemental documentary piece that might go along with that. Um, we're part of another group that put in for an NEH grant, but I won't even bring up what the topic is because I'll just jinx it. You know, those are long shots. So I don't know. Right now, I need to see this film get screened for a year. Sure. Take a breath, and then we'll figure out what's next. I'll, I'll definitely end this on an antidote. So you guys know that I've spent many hours in front of a camera. But the first time I was ever in front of a camera was for a class called COM317, which Dr. Halcom actually spoke. And I, my subject was on Fort Mose. There was a little bit of a, a diorama at the mall. <laughs> so I went out there, recorded it, being a hard-hitting journalist that I am. And I was just nervous. That 90-second stand-up took like three hours <laughs> in that courtyard in St. Augustine. So thank you, Dr. Halcom. Uh, you got to get over it. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you've improved a little. This is good. <laughs> Just a this little. is very good. This is very good. <laughs> Building Dreams, a celebration of baseball scouts, going to be released next week as this is released in Cooperstown, New York. That's right, the Cooperstown. If you haven't got your tickets, please get them as soon as you can. This is New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creators for Jim Gilmore and Dr. Halcom. It is I, Hobo Voice, the mayor. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.